Hey guys, your boy Eli and my good pal. It's your boy Kelvin. Hello. And our lovely guest. Hello. Gus. It's Gus. <laughs> so good to have you back. Gus, how you been? You been good? I've been good, you know. Oh. Getting by. Yeah, I mean, it's the end of the world. You know. I'm not here for a long time, it's but I'm here for a good time. It's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah, you missed the note there for sure. I know, but I got the lyrics. I got the I got the lyrics through. So that's all I matters. Yeah, mm-hmm. Take take this take this time during quarantine to work on your singing. Um. <laughs> all right, so we're uh, speaking of which, Kelvin, you yeah. don't know much about comics. I don't. I recently started getting into comics just last year i'd say so it's i think we're approaching one year now since i just i just started getting into comics um my first year anniversary yeah by the way it's it's been a year since the release or the start of the geek centurions and um oh yeah that's right i was gonna post my uh little recap video on that on the ig i'm gonna i'm gonna hop on that later yeah i'm gonna hop on that later but yeah it's it's one year already has passed since we started this week, actually. Uh, this week we started, like, so a couple of days ago from a couple of days ago, exactly one year, one year ago. It was this past Sunday at the time of this recording. Yes, that we, that we started and we uploaded our first, very first episode of the Geeks and Trans. And from then, um, you know, we've know, gotten, yeah, it's, it's. It's been crazy, and uh, we've... Uh, we're both still alive, Kelvin. I know we said a couple of times that you and I were almost killing each other. Oh, no, yeah. Like, there there are a couple of times when I just felt like, like, just both of us would have walked away, but we somehow still managed to just, you know, put our differences aside and still come together. I want to make a joke, but so. I'm like, you know what? Let's not go there. And Anyways, once again, so. Eli, Eli <laughs> has the dark jokes just stored in his box. Hell, um, I've thought about killing one of you. I'm not going to say which one, but you know who you are. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to miss you, Kelvin. It's good, good knowing you, Eli. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, but yeah. Oh, Kelvin. So, Kelvin, you're just getting into comic books. I just, I'm just getting into comics just because I've always been very intrigued of like, okay, yeah, I've seen, like for me as... You know, as as the you know geek lover, love uh, geek lover, nerd uh, nerd lover of all things, of all eclectic things, anime, uh, was it sci-fi, uh, uh, superheroes? You know, I've always seen, I've always just seen the shows. I've always just seen the movies. But obviously, where does all that come from? Comics. The predecessors would be comics. So I've always had. Some burning questions I've been wanting to ask y'all too, since you guys seem to be more proficient and, and have to seem I mean, to have a yeah, more you, knowledge. You like, How is this like in the movie? And I'm like, Kelvin, that is a that is a rabbit hole that I don't think you're ready yeah. for, and I don't got the time for. Yeah, I mean, I was ready. I was ready to stand up and say something during Age of Ultron when uh, Quicksilver implied that he was the oldest of uh, the twins between him and Scarlet Witch. Like what? It's <laughs> not true. Scarlet Witch was born first. Did you just rip off Adam Warlock's whole thing with the Mind Stone and Vision? How dare you, sir? How very dare you? So, with that, being, 
<laughs> with that being said, <laughs> so as y'all can tell, uh, if you guys can't see, if you guys can't, um, you know, if, if you guys are listening to this, Eli and Gus are visually expressing their discontent of how some characters, you know, to some examples of characters are were reiterated in the um, uh, visual versions of their respective characters. And in this case would be Vision and uh, 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 the Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah, Vision and Quicksilver. So getting straight into it, I do have, what's up? Don't get me started on X-Men and how they never, they keep teasing us they're going to give them the suits and they don't give them the suits. Wait, what? Whenever you know, whenever they tease in the X Men movies, like, hey, they're gonna wear the the comp the comic accurate suit. That never happens. The next movie, they never. That never happens. Yeah. And they just wear all black with like a couple of yellow stripes. Super just... gritty and like, yeah. Um, what you call it? Uh, yeah. Getting into it though. Getting into it. Getting diving right into the questions. Uh, I have for today's episode. Uh, starting things off. So. The origins of the Marvel in DC, which now, okay, I'm going to get some perspective from each of y'all. And, you know, I just, I just want to know, just guess, as someone who is starting specifically no. within this region of comics. Yeah. Um, do you want to know the origin? Do you want to know just the origins of why there's a versus or do you want to know the origins of each? So w- comic? more of like, which is better and why? And like, where really, where did the whole, where does the whole, oh, Marvel D versus DC. Where like where okay. where did it start? Yeah, where did so, it start? Mm-hmm. Start things off. Yeah. Eli. Alright. So here's the here's the thing you gotta remember, Kelvin. This is essentially um it it's a brand thing, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So it's like, hey, like I'm it's a- more of an iPhone guy. I got an iPhone right here in my hand. But who knows? Big Gus might be a Samsung guy. He might be more of into that kind of thing. Exactly, Kelvin. <laughs> really, there is no yeah. origin to. It's a brand Marvel thing, region. too. Yeah. So the first essentially is like, go ahead, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, like yeah, the um... first two major businesses or you know first names in anything will become the rivals automatically like it's it's like the whole debate with star trek and star wars yeah i mean you can pick a side but in the end they're both completely different you know they have two completely different feels to them and they cover two completely different you know aesthetics and different you know messages or even just different archetypes in the sci-fi genre whereas you know star trek is trying to explore like fringe science and more you know hard science whereas i think i'm using that term correctly it's hard science and soft science they tend to have more actual science in yeah where they tend to usually have actual science whereas star wars is more you know it's science plus in lore plus a bit of a mysticism behind it you know in fantasy two completely two completely different fields altogether it's the same way with marvel and dc you know they were the two big comic book companies at the time nobody had really started a big comic book company around that time and they automatically became each other's rivals okay yeah it, i mean they like it's like like gus was saying they go through different things i um, you know personally i like both of them i yeah. I, say that. I mean, I, I, I have different ideas of why each one has their their sets of goods and the other one has a set of bads, you know. 
I will say I lean more towards Marvel, but I do dabble in DC. Mm. Yeah. I, I, mean, I got my always... I got my start in DC. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, the way the way I've always phrased it is that DC tends to have the more memorable stories because they yeah. emphasize more of the stories, like Dark Knight Returns, um, All Star Superman, basically basically any of the Batman stories. Those are like. That's another them. that's another thing about Marvel and DC. In order to get into Marvel, you kind of have to really go back a long ways. Marvel is one of those comic book series that they will stick to the story 100% and keep going with it and going with it and going with it. It's gotten to the point where it can be kind of annoying too. But I'll mm-hmm. talk about that later. Whereas with DC, it's more like, uh, you know, they'll start a new story or they'll start in a different universe. You know, they'll start in a universe where um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Bruce Wayne who died that night it was no it wasn't uh bruce wayne's parents who died that night it was bruce wayne himself and as a result his father became batman and his mother became the joker you know it's yeah one of those situations where they take you to different universes different timelines different scenarios where things play out differently and they start the story all over again whereas marvel it's the story just keeps going keeps going keeps going Mm. yeah and i have a good example for that um one of the most well-known stories for uh daredevil which is born again it's one of my favorite stories is actually from issue to something whatever to issue to something whatever because that's part of like one whole story people will talk about that because it was a specific storyline but now if you were to want to go more in, so you got to go back all the way to two, whatever. Right. So that's essentially it. Um, you asked which one's better for us? Out of the two, uh, I guess this is more of a personal opinion. You know, which of the two did y'all prefer over the other? Marvel or DC? Hmm. I think, that's I a think hard. Four. I love both of them. Yeah. Yeah. I also got to realize, as with Star Wars and Star Trek, I'm sorry, Eli. As no, with, no, you go I think you got it. As with Star Wars and Star Trek, <laughs> they cover two different areas. Like one thing that you will notice, especially with uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, DC tends to play more towards the idea of superheroes with magical powers. Marvel might have Doctor Strange, but they try to explain magic in a more like sciency kind of way, like. Doctor Strange isn't really a sorcerer who's commanding elements and arcane powers that are beyond mortal understanding. He's commanding eldritch energy through, you know, his mind and focusing and training. And, you know, it's much more scientific rather than DC, which embraces the more mystical elements of their characters. Like, you know, Wonder Woman being the daughter of Zeus. Oh, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the Wonder Woman movie. I mean, you know, you should by now, but... uh, keep changing it so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, Wonder Woman being the daughter of Zeus, or, you know, uh, Constantine having magical powers and having, you know, issues with um, demons from hell. Uh, Enchantress from Suicide Squad. That's another conversation altogether, but... um, Yeah, one of my favorite comments about us, Enchantress, was uh, Enchantress's costume for Suicide Squad is sexist, but even worse, it's inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty fair, <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, so, a, that's, you know, that's a fair critic. 
it's and that to too. Your... I'll let you finish, guys, but uh, um, you know, go ahead. I'll, I'll say what after when you're done. It's that two sides of things, whereas one is plays off one thing more than the other. You could even say it with their whole idea of playing off, uh, you know, Thor in the Marvel universe. I mean, you had Wonder Woman, who was from a, a fictional Greek island, who was the daughter of Zeus and, you know, had a very Greek aesthetic, despite the fact that she was dressed in red, white, and blue. Another another uh, discussion altogether. Okay. Um, and so originally when... Uh, when they actually wrote the character for Thor and when they were trying to think up the idea of incorporating deities into the Marvel universe, uh, one of Stanley's comments was that, you know, he thought that the Greek gods were a little played out and he wanted to play more to a pantheon that was less represented in uh, comic books and media in general. So he went with the Norse pantheon, which mm. is almost as well known as the Greek pantheon, but, you know, it's one of those things between Marvel and DC, you know, DC chose the Greek aesthetic, which, you know, is, or the Greek stories and all that and incorporated that into their characters, which is something that is very well known. And Stan Lee decided that Greek was a little played out and wanted to go with Norse mythology. And that's almost as well known as Greek mythology. So he managed to make something really good out of it. All right. And we yeah. got Thor. Nice. And to go along with um, what Gus was saying about um, how they both um, take things differently, I mean, like I said earlier, in DC, I feel like they focus more on, they're more well-known for their stories, but Marvel was always best known for their characters. Mm. You know, not saying the DC characters aren't really relatable, but oftentimes, and you can also attribute this to Stan Lee, he always wanted to make sort of characters that felt real and grounded. You know, that was the big, you know, attention that they got with fantastic four they were a family you didn't see that much of a family you know you had some like justice league but they're all just team members like they would say hey guys i'm clocking in and i'm clocking out for work i'm going home to my family but no they all lived together they had a dynamic you had like the uncle the best friend the husband and wife yeah. i mean that's just bare bones same thing the relationship with each other yeah mm -hmm. same thing with the avengers the idea you know around the same time in the comic books when uh Hawkeye, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver joined the Avengers. They were at one point renegades or uh, villains, or I think Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were uh, part of a mutant terrorist organization before they joined the Avengers. Yeah, the um, mutants, right? Yeah, and um, Hawkeye was a I want to say he was either a vigilante or he was just a straight-up villain. I'm not quite sure. I'd have to look back again. But the idea is that they both joined the Avengers around the same time and that they kind of grew up in the Avengers and became part of that family. It even There's even a comment about uh, Hawkeye that, you know, he's always looked up to Captain America and that he always followed Captain America. Mm -hmm. So how was Bitch. that for your uh, answer, uh, Kelvin? Very, very informative. Yes, very informative of knowing, you know, both sides, you know, like of... Yeah, like, I mean, the whole Marvel DC, DC thing, it's really just like just fanboys not to say that's a bad thing like we're all fans yeah so, you know it's always been like i mean well batman could beat captain america and i'm like come on guys are we really doing this they'd be pals yeah, yeah. no and 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 I, and I definitely got the whole like you know the informative side of both like you know marvel yes there's a marvel versus dc but at the same time it's like you know like you mentioned earlier eli you know, both sides have their goods and both sides have their bats. I mean, we've had crossovers before. 
And that yeah. all has happened. In one know. case, Wonder Woman Cages. actually attacked Hercules from the uh, Marvel Universe because uh, she believed that he was just as evil as the Hercules from her universe. Nice. <laughs> where she almost picked up the hammer, Thor's hammer. I would believe that. I would believe Wonder Woman would be worthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Superman did it, so why can't Wonder Woman? Yeah. And that's another That's another thing. I've actually been thinking about this a lot. The The DC Universe loves playing off the idea of their heroes having kids and carrying on their legacy. Batman had a son. Uh, I think Starfire and um, Nightwing had a daughter. Yeah. Her name was uh, Nightfire. Uh, they just love playing off. Yeah, they just love playing off that idea of you know the superheroes having kids that carried off carried out their legacy. I think even in the uh, animated series of the new Batman, he um, Harley Quinn had twin granddaughters. Yeah, that tried uh, yeah. to carry on the Harley Quinn legacy. Yeah. And there's even one episode where Harley Quinn's just a little old lady, and she's just like, "I bust my back trying to take care of you kids, and this is how you ingrates pay me back." She's like. Whack. She's like, she's like, she's like, um, escorting them out of jail because she just paid their bail, and she's just like, "This is how you ingrates pay me back." And that's when the spoiler is revealed. They're just like, "Oh, shut up, Grandma Harley!" And everybody's like, oh "It's Harley Quinn. <laughs> the Quinn. The twins are Harley Quinn's uh, granddaughters." Uh, <laughs> and it. that's one thing that I feel like Marvel has not really done enough of because. If you look into some of the backstory, those Avengers have been screwing around with each other. Tony Stark alone, Hawkeye has screwed uh, Wasp, Black Widow, Spider Woman, and um, and Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you want to go into a statement about you know safe sex practices and you know you know casual sex is all well and good so long as it's safe and between mm-hmm. two consenting adults, you know, you can. Yeah pitch that message uh, until your face is blue but you know in the end somebody here had to have broken the condom and gotten pregnant but that's just my opinion <laughs> yep i mean yep. thor had been off and on again with sif at some point they needed to incorporate the traditional mythology where you know thor oh had God. a daughter and the two sons with sif. Had a kid, but then the devil came in and took away that kid exactly Damn. Exactly. Um, what was it? Um, about that, because I'm about to kill a motherfucker. <laughs> what's uh, Cyclops' brother? What's his name? Uh, uh, Scott and so Scott Summers and no, I'm was, it's Havoc. Yeah, Havoc. Yeah, Havoc was actually supposed to end up with a uh, wasp, and he actually saw a future where they had two kids together. But because of the Red Skull's meddling, uh, that future was no more, and the whole Axis storyline where Havoc actually turned evil and um, broke Wasp's heart. He was, she was like, you know, trying to bring Don't him back us. to the... Alright, Kelvin, what was your other questions? Let's get this ball rolling. Yeah, so, some other questions I got for y'all. Let's see. Oh, make sure my mic's good. Okay, mic's set. How dare you question me? I question who now? What? <laughs> I was like, I question who now? Continue, continue. Ask your question. Okay. Come on. Um, all right. Next question I have for you guys. Uh, about the character developments in comics. Like, how how do like how do writers, artists come up with these characteristics and uh for, you know, I guess the more notable whether major or minor characters, how how does character development play a role 
into creating these so, characters into creating into creating them yeah now, if we're talking about mainstream comics like marvel and dc Kelly, mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. development is kind of weird character weird development how? is it's hard <laughs> Okay. Because keep in mind, these characters are staple characters. They're like well known. You drop a name like Wolverine, you know, it's you, either you come across a um, conservationist who's working in Australia and happens to, you know, draw a connection between, you know, Wolverine and the actual animal Wolverine, or you know, you're talking to your average everyday American or European or what have you, and the first thing that comes to mind when you say Wolverine is the Marvel character from the X-Men. Mm. So, you know, having a change so severe with that character that it kind of affects the way that people look at that character is pretty hard. Yeah. Like, would, that's why character be... development, they're trying to keep a lot of these characters, you know, just the same way that they are because they're such a big staple in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the thing about character development, you know, usually you were used to character development, like, okay, here we got a character that goes from this to this to this. Yeah, you gotta remember these characters have been around forever. Yeah, and I think the best forever. way to. <laughs> I think the best way to it's. I remember hearing like this. Uh, this idea of how to the best way to, to phrase it is like okay, say say this. I'm I'm holding a Funko Pop of Captain America for the audio listeners. You know, this is for, this is in a toy box. You know, we're all little kids. We can play with the toys. Superman, by the way, but okay, that's super, that's Superman. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> follow me i thought i thought this metaphor was great um i take the toy out you know i do i i imagine whatever story i want to do with superman he goes to krypton or the remains of krypton and does some weird shit and and then we I have get, captain america who actually this is the actual captain america funko Pop. <laughs> i got the i got the end game version but like put yeah. him back and just to just a way for another writer to come in or someone else, another kid, another writer to come in and do whatever he wants to do mm-hmm. or she wants to do with the character. So it all kind of, so that's why I'm saying it's kind of like the the, the, the toy in the toy box kind of thing. Mm, okay. Uh, kid, you, 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 everyone, you put it back where it, where it was, then someone else comes in and takes over. Okay. So you, so in a way, you as a writer have a different view of what you want to do with the character that might contradict what I would do. And Gus comes in after you, and he might wants to do something different that either follows yours or just like wants to do something of his own. Hmm. So it's kind of so character development isn't really. It's not. A, it's not. I'm not saying it's not a thing, but it's more of. Um, it's easier it's to do with do characters that, that haven't really been such a big staple in the. You know. Mm-hmm. How do I put this? The legacy of that comic book industry that are easier to develop. Like if you mm. look at a character like Wiccan, who's one of my favorite openly gay um, characters, reincarnated son of a uh, Scarlet Witch, he's actually had character development. He's had a costume change that didn't take, you know, a decade to actually, you know, <laughs> a decade to actually come to fruition. He's, you know, had relationship development with Teddy, you know, his uh, fiance. They, um, have this uh, destiny between them, him being the heir to the Skrull Empire and uh, Wiccan being the next uh, incarnation of the Demiurgia. It's this complex storyline where they, you know, kind of have to part ways. And that's actual character development because 
Wiccan hasn't really been that big of an influence on Marvel or been really the face of Marvel, like Captain America, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Uh Thor, Hulk. I mean, you can even look at it like characters who have died. They tried killing off Wolverine like, what, two or three years ago? And it didn't take. He was encased in adamantium. Basically, this is like Marvel's way of saying he's encased in adamantium. He's dead. He's dead. There's no changing it. He left a will. He told Peter Parker to help out, you know, around the X-Men mansion. He basically left everything. You know, he was just dead. He was dead, 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 dead. And even that didn't take. Mm. They found uh, his adamantium casing broken open and found a perfectly revived uh wolverine uh one day or kitty pride found a perfectly revived wolverine which is suiting because you know he kind of saw her as an adopted daughter at some point or he was a father figure for her at some point in the x-men mansion so uh, uh, i was gonna say adding on to guess i'm sorry i had to interrupt you that like you that also doesn't mean like characters still don't go through something you know i think when i think of character development i think of well in the big two marvel and dc i think of um it's gonna be very marvel wise um flash thompson i mean kelvin you pretty much know him as the bully of spider yeah you probably don't know that he's actually a war hero he's actually peter park spider-man's biggest fan yeah he's actually ends up becoming the best actually becoming peter parker's best friend really Mm. afterwards because he ends up growing up and seeing stuff that he never got a chance to see you know when he went to war he understood what was going on he didn't like it and he he, you know he did change him but he wanted to be a hero because of spider-man he ends up becoming agent venom and he ends up dying a heroic death to save not only spider-man but all his friends Mm. he goes through development but you know if you never read the comics you probably just think of him oh he's just the He's like he's a, he's a, he's that typical he's that typical school bully that constantly punks with Peter Parker. Yeah, one of the most well-known story arcs. In I'm not saying it's most well-known, but it's like it goes. He goes through. He changes throughout the story. Mm. Okay, it's like that. There's a reason why some people say like, you know what? Flash is my favorite Venom of all time. Mm. There's a reason people say that. Yeah, I mean, bringing it back to the characters who've been resurrected. There's one character in the Avengers. His name is Anthony Druid. He's a sorcerer from England who's picked up druidic practices. Um, there was this whole storyline where he became kind of dark and tried to interpret druidic practices himself and, you know, ended up uh, getting himself killed. He had a son. But the basic idea is only recently did he come back alive. He's been the longest dead Avenger of any Avenger. Because for a total of 10 years, nobody has decided to resurrect him in any one of the comic book series. Mm. He's been the longest dead Avenger of all time. Everybody else who's been dead at least once has come back within uh, at least you know, a year or two years. But he's managed to stay dead until recently for 10 years. Okay. That tells you how much of, you know, how little investment people had in his character development or how much people were willing to you know just see his character development end right there with his death and corruption by interpreting druidic practices and all that yeah i was gonna say it's a little harder because like like i said these are staple characters that have been around for so many years yeah you know it's kind of hard to do something new 
I doubt either of you have even heard of Anthony Druid. <laughs> I haven't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Those, like I said, these one there's a this is a big this is a big world that sometimes, you know, someone that says, Oh, you know, this person did the story better, this person this person is actually doing a pretty good job with it. You know, it's kinda hard to do something new and fresh. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Iliana. It always depends on the the writer because the writer it always takes over. A, yeah, like Spider Man has had like so many writers. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's gone from I high school right student like a, to last time it was a Dan dude named Dan Slot. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a lot easier for like independent comics from like Image and stuff because like they have like a beginning and the end. For Marvel and DC heroes or what characters, whatever, it's more like I want to say a story about this character. Let me say it. And then when I'm done, some other dude can handle it. Hmm. Nice. So what about, in that case, I kind of have a small piggyback to that. What about the whole, like, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard, both you and Gus uh, have heard of this term, but I guess recycling of characters. So in this case, Marvel, you got, you know, the billionaire playboy philanthropist. Marvel, you got Tony Stark, Alien, you got Bruce Wayne, Batman. You know, on um, what about and and then you know, same thing goes with the idea of the American justice or the American superhero, it's Captain America, Superman. You know, what what about those two? Here, 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 or the concept behind that? Yeah. Here's the thing: you gotta you gotta realize that that argument has been said like so many times, mm-hmm. like they're kind of ripping off each other. Yeah. To an extent, they really are, but in reality, it's more like let's do our own take on this character. Yeah, like a lot of people say, you know, Tony Stark and Batman are the same guy. Really, it's more like Tony Stark and not Tony Stark. It's Batman and it's more similar to like Daredevil or Moon Knight kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or Night Owl. Or Night Owl. Yeah. Night Owl from the Watchmen series. Yeah, yeah. he was like yeah. a play on the. You know, he didn't. He didn't even really show his wealth. You know, you'd. I don't even. I. You'd have to do more research. Like. If he really even had that money, much money, but uh, he was basically was more of a Blue Beetle ripoff. Yeah, but he was more um, he was more Batman just in the sense, you know, the, the he inherited the uh, Night Owl, uh, the um, mantle of Night Owl being that superhero, and uh, he had the everything, the Night Owl. Um, what was it? Uh, the Night Owl's um, gadgets, vehicle. Uh, all his tech. He just, all his tech. Yeah, yeah. basically that. And it was kind of the same way with Batman. But the only difference is that you know, compared to Batman, he's less of a millionaire playboy and more of a shy, quiet, uh, studious, um, shy guy who mm-hmm. uh, didn't really get the girl. Whereas Batman, you know, anytime any day could get the girl yeah i mean it's it's it, it's easy to say like oh they're they're basically the same character they're really not i mean there's a reason why you don't see that much of us you know, like like a lot of people like think superman and captain america but they're most of just they're ideal wise because they're kind of like the heart or like the soul of each yeah it's an archetype mm. yeah it's an archetype. the rich you character the patriot the the agent, um, yep. the uh, anti-hero, mm-hmm. the vigilante, uh, the guy with no powers, the guy that relies on tech, the guy that relies on magic, the guy that relies on mutant or uh, metahuman powers or that um, is enhanced in some way. You know, it's it's an archetype. 
and it's something that you can argue about and something that you can argue about how it's interpreted and how it's used but in the end it's okay their archetype to use mm -hmm. it's really like i said it's not really stealing you can see a similar in a bunch of characters yeah just, mm -hmm. there's the rich there's a rich guy in every in every in every comic book video game movie tv show you know the, the immortal iron fist iron fist is rich isn't he yeah, yeah. ram corporation yeah danny ram yeah yeah all right cool cool okay so that's that's that was uh that was actually a, that was actually a lot different thought that i had in between you know the uh the the whole you know is there are they really raping each other off that was it was a, a lot of different thought that i had but okay very nice cool. i mean design wise you can say that but like yeah archetype wise it's, it's still different yeah. mm -hmm. okay so i guess moving on i guess now we're going into the more you know, i guess for me now this is going to more characters that i want to know more of like is there more to the character than what you typically hear from the character and starting off what's up okay with Peter Par Peter Parker's luck, some people call it dumb luck, of the whole, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And how that, you know, that famous quote, you know, coming from his Uncle Ben, saying it to him. Ben. Oh, what's up? I, I figured it didn't. <laughs> I... I was, I was, I, I was always told, I was always told, yeah, I was always told that it came from him, but it wasn't. But where, like, how does that, how does that quote, like, it came from him yeah, from the movies and all that, uh -huh. because that would make more sense than just the narrator saying, yeah, how, yeah, how does that, so how to you guys, to y'all's interpretation, how does that whole quote of with great power comes from, with great power comes, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Fit it, how does that relate to him, Peter Parker? Because he's either been really lucky with that, with taking that quote, has been really lucky, or he's just been like, you know, it. it oh yeah, it, so, he, it's been a shit show. It hasn't been going so, this way. So Calvin, here's the thing you have to realize about why Spider-Man is probably well known and why that quote relates to his character. Yeah. What is one of the most known thing about Peter Parker as a character, not relating to Spider-Man? What is the what is a very fundamental thing about Peter Parker as a character? Uh, he is the everyman. Yeah, he has responsibilities. He has a lot of stuff to do. Dude goes to school. He has a job. He has a family. Yeah, he has to take care of his aunt, who at this point, really, I'm surprised is still alive, despite the fact that she looks like she's 800. And she's had many iterations of of Aunt May, and she's dated a lot of guys. My God. Yeah, Doc Ock is one of them. That still gets me every time. Wait, I'm sorry. What? Yeah, she dated Doc Ock. They almost oh, that's married. Lovely. Hey, it was an actual loving relationship. Hmm. Things didn't go well. <laughs> I mean, but, figures. Um, but the whole idea is that he has this power, but he has to know the use of responsibility. Mm -hmm. Because that's that's literally the whole issue of why Uncle Ben died. He has this great power. He just kind of focuses on himself. He was being a dumbass teenager, a dumbass kid. Felt yeah, more, was more caring about like, hey, you know, I need money to do all this stuff and that. Well, let me go to a wrestling show. Let me appear on talk shows. Let me do all this weird shit. 
oh, this guy didn't give me money and he ends up getting robbed? Well, fuck him. Yeah. And But that guy ends up hurting someone close to him. He had the power to do something good, but he wasn't responsible for it. That's kind of, And, you know, when he does that and it affects his everyday life, that's why things don't go so well for him. You know, he has a date with, say, Mary Jane, Gwen Stacy, Felicia Hardy, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he can't do it, but he can't make it in time because he has to save someone from Green Goblin, Doc Ock. Mysterio, Samuel Electro. Yeah. It doesn't matter who the villain is. He has the power to do something. He has to do it, even if it screws up his life. Yeah. That's basically the whole gist of that, in my opinion. I don't know, Gus, you can take over for now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to take into account the fact that Spider-Man was the insert, like, young kid character in this universe. True. Like, there's one comment in the uh, Young Avengers comic book series that uh, when the Young Avengers were fighting crime, they were the concern was that they were still kids. They were still in high school at the time. And Peter Parker made the comment, like, what's the big deal? I mean, I was around their age when I started, when I started uh, saving people, too. And, you know, it was that was Spider-Man's situation. He was the first kid to be put into the space that a lot of other people wanted to be put into, or a lot of fans might've wanted to be put into. Now you see a he lot was, of comic book Robin characters. Batman. Huh? He was Robin if he didn't have Batman. Yeah. And, uh, well, he, he could have been Robin to Iron Man, but there was still some distance, you know, Iron Man still had his stick going on and Peter Parker still stayed, you know, the friendly yeah, neighborhood along, Spider-Man. Really, unlike the movies. <laughs> yeah. They butt heads. But, uh, you know, it was one of those... Situ- it's one of those situations that they can play off of now, too. Like, yeah. an insert of another younger character who starts out like Spider-Man did, fighting local crime and, you know, being the local hero and looking up to Spider-Man in that situation. Mm-hmm. So how was that for an answer? Wow, yeah, I never, <laughs> I never thought of it that way, you know. Oh, how that for entertainment? <laughs> Are you entertained? Are you not entertained? Yeah. Um, in this case, <laughs> I was. Man, like, yeah, a lot of people just really um, think of him as like you know this this kid, but like a lot. Of, that's why like a lot of people don't really realize that his is more of his greater stories wasn't when he was in high school. It was when he was in college, and he had to do all this extra. Like we're co- we're all either former college or still in college. You know how much shit we got to juggle. Oh my god! Imagine when... being a superhero on top of that. Jeez. Uh, okay, so so that's where the whole, with, you know, with great power. Okay, that that, that now it's starting to make the sense. Idea of the great power of great cars. Yeah. With it is the risk. Is is how he's able to juggle all of that and still, you know. Yeah, I I feel I feel like in in a way, uh, one of the recent movies that came out, like I know it's not comic related, but one of the recent movies that came out was uh, uh Spider Man Into the Spider Verse when they introduced uh, Miles Morales. I thought that was a great, exactly. I thought that was a great like great great example of the whole great power, uh, great power comes uh, great responsibility. I thought that was a, like the a great iteration Don't of that. Say it. Don't you dare say it. Say what? When he was like that. When he's like what? When the older Peter Parker was like, "Don't finish the whole great power, great responsibility." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, "Don't finish that." Yeah, I, I, th- I thought that was great. Yeah, I, that was screwed over his. <laughs> and then, like, and, and with and with each of the characters, like, all right, let's let's take it back to the beginning. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. 
Like, one last time. Let's take it back to the beginning. I'm like, okay. Yeah, so, you know, I grew up with yeah. Spider-Man movies. I already know. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's a great answer in terms of like now, now I really understand Peter Parker on a, on a different perspective, on a different front now. You're going to another character that I've always had uh, particular interest to is Kyle Rayner. Uh, one of the other uh, uh, Green Lanterns. So obviously, there's been multiple. The second. What's up? Maybe the third. I thought he was the fourth because they already introduced like the recent ones because it was House Jordan, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and then but John Stewart was way later. Oh, oh, really? After Kyle yeah. Rayner? Huh? I thought it was Kyle Rayner like after, or he was no, like no, the... no, John Stewart was like. So it's um. How's you... forgetting the name of the first. Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan was the first. Uh-huh. He was either Guy Gardner or Kyle Rayner came out. Okay. And then, and then it was John. Huh. Okay. So, so in 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 Kyle Rayner's, I really want to know like where like where his origins begin because I know for Guy Gardner he was kind of like the whole he was kind of like the backup to Hal Jordan because Hal Jordan had to go off and train a whole new like I guess batch of Green Lantern Corps recruits. So guy, that's how Gar- Guy Gardner came in. Uh, Hal Jordan was a former Air Force pilot. John Stewart was a former uh, U.S. Marine. So where does Kyle Rayner's origin uh, starts or goes, or, and what's his role? You know, as now a uh, another yet another Green Lantern from Earth. So he's the second one. Mm-hmm. So where does his or where does his origin and his role starts? I yeah. want to make sure I was right. This is this. He became Green Lantern after the whole. Um, Coast City explosion that made Green Lantern go evil, mm. and so, and he and he was a struggling artist, comic book artist. Hey, I know that feel. Yeah, how how fitting, how fitting. Yeah, says every uh, artist. <laughs> but, um, essentially, he and they end up choosing him for um, the next Green Lantern, and sort of he just sort of went off and did cool stuff. Mm. Okay. Um, I will say this because I, I haven't read that much about Kyle Rayner. Yeah. Except with more of some of the stuff that he's been doing recently. Mm-hmm. The uh, he the I know the artists had more fun with his uh, Green Lantern powers because you know how you're used to the big punch and the, the big giant the, the big giant glove or the obscure like object or whatever. So, yeah. Like, Kyle Rayner, because he's an artist, he took that shit up to 11. Mm. Like, oh, there's a meteor or comic coming? Okay, let me just imagine with my ring myself in a giant winged Pegasus knight armor uh, jousting motherfucking dude knight ramming that um, that comet. And I'm just like, all right, yeah. all right, you got me. You got me. You got me. so you you were you were for it or against it and i do know he ends up being the white lantern who's like the most powerfulest lantern ever yeah so 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 are are you for that idea or against that idea like like because because he was a struggling comic book artist he was able to take his you know characteristics as the artist and now iterate that why would i be against that Okay. No, I was just curious. I was just curious. I'm saying like the the Green Lantern can make anything from his mind. From from like, will, yeah. From will willpower, yeah. That wouldn't, that, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, Gus, what are your thoughts? Your thoughts on Kyle Rayner? 
and his origin. I really have no thoughts on Kyle Rayner, to be honest. Mm. Okay. I, yeah. say, I think he's he's a product of the time, especially since he was in the '90s. I think, right? Yeah. I was yeah, which which is why I was really surprised when you said that. Oh yeah, Kyle Rayner is actually number two. I'm like, really? I thought Kyle Rayner would be like the newer, the more newer Lantern, and John Stewart was actually the most recent the one. one. Is that Mexican chick? I can't oh, Jessica Cruz. Yeah, that's the newest. Yeah. One. And then there was um. Oh yeah, and you know, one guy, and then. I think John Stewart was then I want to say Guy Gardner was third, then it was Kyle Rayner, then it was Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. Basically they gave they may you you know how I know he was the second one now? Because in the Superman animated t- cartoon, he was the one that got the Green Lantern power. Ah, uh, okay. Because the this is the thing I found out about the animated shows. They try to they use the more up to date character. So by the time of Justice League, the animated series mm-hmm. Um, John Stewart was on, so they made him the Green Lantern. Yeah. And for the longest time, um, Wally West was the Flash, so they made him the Flash of the TV. Yeah. It uh-huh. wasn't Barry Allen, it was the Flash. Mm-hmm. It was Wally West. Yeah. Which is why it was like, oh, wait, that was Wally? Yeah. And that's why Wally West is the strongest Flash of all time. Because mm. fuck Barry. He was dead for the longest. Mm. I can see that, yeah. All right. Cool, cool. All right, so now going into the more... Okay, now keep in mind, you guys might get a little heated just because, or maybe or maybe not, but why is it that apparently, from what I heard from other comic book friends, that the New 52 origin story or New 52 rebirth of DC is so hated? Why is that particular arc? So New 52 and rebirth are two separate things. Uh Yeah, New 52. But what? Yeah, why is New Fifty Two hated so much? What's 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 the beef? What's the yeah? What's 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 the word? What's the beef on why New Fifty Two is has such disdain within the community? What's up? I'll say. I guess. Guess you want to take this one, or should I take it? I either or. I mean, the the only thing I can think of is, or one of the biggest points that I can think of is DC's constant um, use of the theme grimdark, which is basically an idea of these superheroes going evil or going, you know, being corrupted by their power, and them just, like, using it way too much. Uh... Like, DC sponsored or um, owns Watchmen, and Watchmen was one of, you know, an iconic, you know, superheroes going dark situation or superheroes going dark to try and save they the world the or the original yes the original grimdark and it worked out so well that dc thought that they would you know do it so much with their other heroes that it just kind of seemed overplayed like superman turning evil or turning against america it just didn't make any sense mm-hmm. the whole point of superman was that he was the ideal golden he was the golden boy. He was the thing that everybody aspired to. He was the best hero out there. He was, you know, the defender of humanity. He had all this power and he used it for good. He wasn't, you know, having all this power and corrupted by it and wanted to use it, you know, for evil or something like that. You know, it's it wasn't part of his original story and the abuse of the whole grim dark genre is kind of one of the things that people really don't like about this yeah okay yeah i was gonna i'm gonna just pick it off of what gus said i know for a fact that um a lot of people just hated the more 
darker, younger, grittier versions that they try to make the characters. Yeah. Like, Superman, you know, he was raised by his parents to be like, you know, this is the right thing to do. This is the best thing to do. You know, and the new 52, they were more like, hide yourself because we don't know what would happen to you. And so he becomes a little bit resentful. Mm. His parents end up dying. Both parents, not just the dad, in a car crash. And he could have saved them, but he was like, oh, but I couldn't. And then, like, you get this horror of sort of kind of what you see in Man of Steel. Yeah. The way he's kind of portrayed and being kind of, like, angsty and Mm -hmm. stuff. That's kind of how you see the Superman as go along in the new 50. Yeah. Mm. So it's more like you kind of um, made these characters more... To more grittier to fit your idea of like what you know, like like Gus said, like the sort of Watchmen thing, because the whole gritty thing, man, it goes back into the nineties. Because everyone, you ever wonder like why those nineties characters look so edgy and gritty? Well, it's because of Watchmen. Yeah, best, mm-hmm. they try to copy that over again. So, so you're saying like Watchmen was essentially the original predecessor of the whole gritty superheroes going have or superheroes yeah, have a dark side Watchmen, too. Though Watchmen had a message. It yeah, was basically, you know, saying, yeah, these guys, if they were real, they'd be crazy as fuck. They wouldn't be people you would trust. Yeah, he's even said before, like Rorschach. Yeah, no. If you if you're someone that is that is like, oh, I identify with with Rorschach. The writer has said, if you identify with Rorschach, I want you to stay the hell away from me. Yeah, because he is not a character you should, you know, you know, I idolize. Yeah, you shouldn't. Uh-huh. Okay, you know people do and that's kind of that's the problem yeah that's, that was the problem that he was kind of writing about mm-hmm. okay yeah so it's cool, a very, cool. very much like you know it's the way the characters were treated mm. kind of stuff gotcha so, i mean some of them were kind of cool like the one i read for wonder woman was pretty cool but that's more like she was the kind of like the naive chick there was a point where um she found out that oh the amazons kidnap kidnap a seaworthy dudes um, have their way with them, kill them just so they can produce more women. And if they were boys, we threw, we either kill them or we just give them to Hephaestus to take care of in his iron workshop. Well, shit. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> shit. I'm about to see my brothers in there. All the, bro- all the dudes are like, no, we like it here because this is the only way we were saved. Yeah. Um, that, 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 that kind of brings it back to the whole, like, you know, um, you know the Watchmen series now the Watchmen series and you know I've you know now that I've been watching and and I've seen I've seen the movie itself and now I'm been watching uh the Watchmen series how like you know the or like the origins of how you know the Watchmen came to be uh pretty much when I found out uh specifically with Silk Spectre story I'm like knowing what like no finding out that uh that one of the characters was is actually oh. the second Silk Spectre and her origins. I'm like, oh damn! Like it was dark. Like basically, the comedian yeah. sexually assaulted the first well, well, spectrum. Yeah, also, the writer has been questionable in his the way he writes women, but that's a different story mm. entirely. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it, it it makes it makes sense now. So why yeah. so many people like you know have have their particular disdains of a uh, the new fifty two? And but... I'm not saying most of them were bad. Mm-hmm. It's just like. But it's just, but it's notable. It's we notable, it. yeah. We get yeah. it. It's like stop shoving it in our face. Yeah. I don't mind my set. Yeah. Uh so kind of transitioning, piggybacking off of that now, going into like the fandom itself. Like what's 
I mean, what's the deal? What's the deal with the toxicity and the fat in the comic book fandom? Like, like you, like you mentioned earlier, like say, oh, Batman would win in a fight against Captain America, and if someone else is otherwise, like, no, you're wrong, you're stupid, you know. But like, or you know, similar toxicity. What's like, why, wh- like, why is it? Why is it that there's toxicity in the fandom? It's of in a, specific in the comic book world. Jess, you want to take on this one? On this one? Yeah, you want uh, you want to start us off with this? Why is there so much toxicity in the comic book fandom? I can't. Or is there any? I can't really say. Mm-hmm. There's much more toxicity in like TV and movies, and that really brings the toxicity out in comic yeah. book fans. As opposed to comic books itself, they kind of either stay silent or just get on the internet. There's no yeah. really, uh, as far as I've seen, there's no real big toxicity aside from, you know, what you might see on blogs or forums or, you know, mm-hmm. angry comments on the wiki page or Comic Vine or stuff like that. Yeah, I know, like, I know, like, online, they've been pretty kind of vocal and stuff, whether, because they, they either, here's the thing about comic book fans, they're very conservative with their characters. Mm. Like if you change one big aspect of that one character, you know, you, there's gonna be an uproar. Okay. Yeah. Which brings us back to the whole, you know, uh, staying true to one, staying true to the characters in uh, mm-hmm. the original comic books. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's where I mostly I've seen the toxicity wherever it's how um these characters are treated mm. or how they um they don't like the way uh, they write certain characters. I know. Probably the best one is um how some people reacted to the whole um Captain Marvel thing, like, oh, she's the strongest Avenger there is. Yeah. You know, there's other Avengers who are just as strong, but you know, that it really doesn't matter because that's you know, it's a character, that's one person's interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. Um kind of stuff. I know it's been hard for some females in the comic book industry. Yeah. I've I've seen that. But I, you know, I can't really talk into that because I'm not someone who's been to that experience. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it there's there's toxicity in anywhere, dude. Yeah, you can find it anywhere. You'll always find that one guy who's like really upset <clears throat> with the story or whatever, and just like wants to yell about it. Mm-hmm. While another guy's like, I'm just gonna put it. I'm just gonna put this back in in there, and just gonna go pick up another book and just move on with my life. Yeah. So it's either there is there is that one person who like who really just go ham with all the critiques of points out everything that's wrong with it. Or it's just like, okay, if you don't like it, then okay, just move on, you know, to a, to a different story or to a different, um, uh, genre altogether. So. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like the toxicity and, um, Star Trek or Star Wars. Yeah. It's not as vocal. Yeah. It's there. Mm-hmm. It's there. Okay. All right, so where the characters? Yeah, I actually have a good example of that, but I'll get to it in in your other question. Yeah, what about the independent comics and how? Uh, really, how they got started? You know, like how, like, like comic book artists, like in like indie comic book artists. I guess Eli, you're you're considered yourself a uh, indie comic comic writer. How? Uh, not really. I never published, but. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you you dabbled, but you've dabbled in you know art and writing the story. But how 
where did this all come from? Like now, people are like saying, "Oh, so, one day I want I, I want to well, create my own story now." So, you know? so Kevin, here's well, what you have to realize. Yeah, I think Gus is gonna go into it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the indie uh, comic scene, like how how the yada all started, like you know, one so, like just one day like, someone says, "Oh, I, oh, one day I want to create my own story. I want to create my own art." So. Here's the thing, Kelvin. You have to realize it's a pulp publishing thing mm-hmm. when it comes to independent scene. Yeah. Uh, originally, back in the days, back in like the golden age of comics, mm-hmm. back in the 60s and the 70s and all that good stuff, comic book companies were everywhere. They didn't yeah. hit the, the high as we they do now with the two big companies. Mm-hmm. So essentially, at some point, you know, People, some companies did better than others, and that kind of like dwindled out a lot of the competition. Hence, why we have Marvel and DC, the two big guys. Mm-hmm. And essentially, you know, some people didn't want to work for Marvel and DC, or they want to tell their own stories. That's how the independent scene sort of happened. And a lot of them tend to be uh, comic cons, um, local shops that sell comic books. Mm-hmm. Like for us, would be Third Planet and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, that's where you guys would go, and you probably get yourself. Either self-publish or join a publishing company, mm. and they would go hand it out. Like Marvel and DC, they're a publishing company. They publish comics, so that's how it would work. Um, who was the first? I can't really tell you because, like, oh no, yeah, like if, if you were to say who was the first comic indie, indie comic artist, that that'd be like a literally, literally looking for uh, like. A well, page there's there's with... no real there's no real point to looking for because we, they, you just find them. Yeah. It, they'd just be out there. They're just there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, you can, now, I mean, like later on, more. I think nowadays you find more independent comics because you kind of get tired of the whole like superhero stuff and you want to branch out to other stuff. Not saying like the Marvel and DC haven't dabbled into like more deeper or complex stories, mm-hmm. but usually you'd find stuff that, you know, you probably wouldn't see from Marvel and DC. You know, I got, I mean, I even brought some books to show off. I got The Paper Girls, which is a story about like, a bunch of like girls um, from the set, from the eighties jumping around time traveling to all these crazy stuff, mm. you know, Snot Girl, which is I love the art for that one, which is like you know Instagram models and stuff. And then you got like this uh, Motor Girl that's basically about a girl and her PTSD drama, mm. which I mean like that's kind of how you know people have stories they want to tell, and it's a lot easier to tell your story in an independent publishing line mm-hmm. than like at the big company where you have to like find ways to work around it yeah Gus what's your take on that uh, I don't really have much to add there I'd say it's pretty much the same you know mm-hmm. so pretty much what it takes a lot for an, it takes a lot for even an indie comic book uh, company to get started too yeah I mean, you think of companies like I mean, Dark Horse, um, anything, mm-hmm. independent series like uh, Comixology. Uh, there are even indie comic book series that are basically just focus on um, porn. Uh, you know, it's a lot of those. Mm. But um, more actual like um, websites that actually sell out these uh, comic book series the same way that DC and Marvel sells theirs out. Uh, from different writers and artists and stuff like that. And, you know, it's it takes a lot for an indie company to get started in the mm. first place. I know this is one company, right? Yeah, I know this is one company that, that's... Uh, it's it's starting to gain popularity, so to speak. Um, I'm not sure if they have... Like, I'm not sure if they've already established, like, their own... Like, they are technically, like, a company, 
but and they have established their own stories, but I don't know if they have their own comic book lens because they they're trying in a way to try to get into their um their idea adapted into a series or movies. Like they're they're just they're they've already had like all of the storyline and the concept art you know draw, like written and drawn out, but now instead of just doing okay comics first and then do like a movie or TV adaptation, they've got. They've gotten like straight into all it. those uh, are just different things to do. Yeah, it's a lot of mm-hmm. jumping around, like a lot of hoops just to do stuff. Yeah, I, it's not as it's not as simple as say I have a story I want you to do. There's a lot of even legal stuff mm-hmm. that you have to go around. Yeah, stuff that I had to end up learning about that was you and I was like, oh man, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I mean like the story Image Comics is probably the third best of uh, the third biggest comic company. They mostly focus on like a lot of independence uh, comics because they started off that way. Uh, Image branched off because a lot of the artists from Marvel and DC didn't like the pay. Mm-hmm. So they're like, let's go and do our own stuff. You know, we know how the company works. Let's, let's, see, let's go and do our own stuff. That's where you get like stuff like Youngblood, Spawn kind of things. But even they kind of end up falling apart because like, you know, they weren't that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it became a big sort of place for the independent writers to go. Yeah. It's often how a lot of writers start off with. I got a book. It was the first, I think I want to say it was the first book written by this guy who was a guy I follow called Donnie Cates. He wrote this book and then he immediately got hired by Marvel because it was so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. It was a good way for them to, to find talent really. Okay. So, no, no, yeah, the the series that I was thinking of, it was called uh, what's it called? It was called Kaidro, and um, they uh, you know, like I said, this this particular company, um, you know, they you know they created their own series and everything, but like you know, of course, having to go through yeah, all of the yeah, okay, so it's really so publishing really is like the big deal is like the big thing when it comes to like for indie or for indie comic book artists or just indie creators. Really? Yeah, because like the thing is, you want to if you want to tell your story, you have to partner up with a with a company that's able to publish your story, or you just self publish. Mm. That's the whole. Or self publish, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, 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 like like I said, there's no real where did the indies start off. They were always around. Uh-huh. Heck, they probably even started off as Gus was saying for porn, because that's how it always starts off. Mm. That you know, people wanted to tell stories, they want to do this and that. That's how it starts off. Mm. There's no real. This is the first, you know, independent comic book company. Yeah. Like independent comic stuff. Really just like they're all around and if and hopefully they survive or they get eaten by the big two. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So now I guess speak speaking of porn, uh what about so, yeah, speaking of porn, sensitive topics in comics. Jesus like, Christ, man, calm down. <laughs> like so sorry. Sorry. Uh, so more of like the ideas of the whole, you know, whether it's um sexual abuse, both physical or mental, uh, alcoholism, violence, those kind of top, yeah, sensitive topics. Like how, like how how does that play? Out? How does that play out? You know, to the readers and to see, like, you know, does does topics that have or do tell or share of sensitive topics do they tend to do well in comics? What do you think, Gus? I'm gonna let you take the helms, and I'll take it. Really, like what? really sensitive topics, yeah. Like you tend to. Wait, what's up? Ask the question again. 
<laughs> all right, so sensitive topics, right? So alcoholism, abuse, uh, uh, sexual themes, violence, like go- bl- like blood and gore, um, like you know those kind of topics play like playing out in comics. Do they tend to do well, or do like how does that play out? I mean, we already played with any of those topics. I mean, um, if you look into a lot of the origin stories, I mean, Iron Man was a notorious alcoholic before he, you know, got over it. Uh, Scarlet Witch, her powers got activated when she was living in her, uh, I forget, her her citizenship status is like, what is it? It's the nation of... um, She's a... Latveri... No. um, um, She's a gypsy. She's a gypsy... Uh, Sokovian, Sokovian, Sokovia. Movies, but you know, yeah, uh, Sokovia. Her, her powers were activated when she was sexually assaulted in her native Sokovia at one point. Um, uh, Ma- Captain Marvel was one of the first female characters to go through an unwanted pregnancy. Uh, there are plenty of examples like that. The problem is that we don't touch on them anymore today. Yeah, or that we try mm-hmm. and shy away from them because it'll call down. We have a lot more uh, means by which people can get their anger out and call you out for even suggesting or even trying to represent that kind of issue or representing even a specific group incorrectly. Like we talked, we touched on this last time I was here, the topic of a gender non-binary characters in the, uh, the, um, Marvel, in Marvel, the Marvel universe. And the fact that there had never been a gender non-binary characters at all, and the fact that the way that they were represented them just seemed totally incorrect and could really well, okay. confuse comedy. Dave Space was one of Dave Space was one of the characters' names. Was one of the name of the non-binary characters was Safe Space. Safe Space was yeah. the uh, one who he's he they were gender non-binary, but they um their sex was male. Hmm. Yeah, um, I was gonna. Uh, it's interesting because, like, back then they, and I think even still now, they kind of <coughs> hide a lot of that stuff because there was the whole comics authority kind of thing, where yeah. like it was basically the big censorship kind of thing. Yeah, like what's what's okay, what's not okay to show. On. Yeah, yeah, because it started off because of this one guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but essentially he wrote and he took this to Congress that <laughs> a lot of troubled youths tend to read comics that sort of glorified violence and stuff like that and that they shouldn't really promote more positive stuff and he was that's what he wanted yeah uh, but it ended up being like more watered down stuff mm-hmm. that's where we get like a lot of the, the 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 cheese that we know like oh superman's old pal jimmy olsen he turned into a giant dragon again or whatever you know the kung pow the adam west stuff yeah and, you know now that they, they try to like move into more of a sort of hiding the fact like i know one big thing with spider-man um that has to do with harry osborne is that he was a, a drug addict yeah dude liked to take pills and stuff like that mm-hmm. and even now you still kind of see that but more you tend to see more of a touchy sub they're, they're still there in comics i mean jessica jones had to go through um her whole yeah i was mind controlled and raped yeah repeatedly and no one knew about it. Mm. I had to handle that myself. I mean, the Sentry too. One of the uh, he was basically a parody in the Marvel universe of Superman. He was a crack addict that broke into a science lab in Canada and got these superpowers that were basically synonymous with all of uh, Superman's power. 
turning back to alcohol, which... Yeah, if you know anything good. about Hercules and traditional mythology, Hercules likes to get drunk, okay? He mm -hmm. drinks, he doesn't drink to excess. His alcoholism doesn't necessarily become a problem until uh, his one of his centaur buddies accidentally gets killed. Again, this is uh, in traditional mythology, not in the comic book series, but that's just one of his staples. He is bisexual and um a functioning alcoholic but you know marvel kind of made it seem like you know oh he's turning back to alcohol Ooh, what could this lead to or which is like it's not even that big of a deal and yeah. i was gonna say you you tend to find more i think the more upfront ones would be the independent scene where like yeah i can't remember who who published it but it was a comic i i heard about it a while back it was called black af well, essentially, like all of a sudden, all the um, African Americans in the United States suddenly had superpowers. Hmm. And how would that, you know, react to? And I didn't, I don't remember what happened, but essentially, there was some good and there was some bad. I can tell you that. There was, in, as, like, yeah. as is. Yeah. That, and like, isn't that, that a series now? So like, uh, I don't even know, really. I, I if I may it. recommend Bunk something, AF. I feel like it's a series now, a, or it's been developed into a series. Something in the fandom, uh, something in the fandom area. It's a TV show on HBO that came out uh, during the quarantine. Actually, it's called "I May Destroy You." I just love the title. It's uh, this well, black woman who's trying to speak out against uh, assault because she was assaulted at one point, and um, she's living in the UK. She's played by uh, Michelle Cole, and I really love her. Uh, I really love the actress mm -hmm. that plays her, and I really love watching the trailer. I also love the title, I May Destroy You. I need to write that on a profile for myself somewhere. Mm. Like my Instagram profile, Gus Ciotti, I May Destroy You. Nice. <laughs> I know I know one good example, and I have the book right here with me right here, because like this started a whole controversy, but a lot of people didn't realize the the connotation of what the writer was trying to say. Mm -hmm. And that was um this whole Secret Empire book where um they the whole hydro cap thing because the the idea of that book of what they did with cap was that essentially it was realizing now that there is a whole sense of white supremacy in the u.s mm -hmm. and essentially making the symbol of american what america should be and tainting it by turning it into a symbol of uh, 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 basically a nazi symbol yeah, and that is essentially what is what that whole story is about. Like you have, like Captain America is yeah, he's he's a Nazi. Basically, he's Hydra. Again, basically Nazi. But essentially, his whole point was that, you know, this is a this is like a message of like white supremacy taking over and corrupting things that we hold dear as Americans, kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and but was it good to use Captain America as something like that? That's I mean, the thing. It was. It was. Granted, he granted he is like a major superhero, and he is you know white, blonde, blue eyed, you know, Aryan by mm -hmm. definition. But you know, if you read into the movie, even the movie itself, just uh, when the Red Skull was trying to say that you know we're the same, and Captain America just kind of turned away from that and just said, "No, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn." Yeah, and that really pissed off the Red Skull because. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the fact, I, th I think it's the way it was delivered with that ki with with Cap, 
it's i mean it's a great message you know mm-hmm. at the end of the scene it's basically at the end of the comic it's basically this battle between hydro cap and our old cap you know this idea of like this this battle for the soul of america kind of thing mm-hmm. Because he got trapped in the old in the Hydra Cap's head, and it took mm-hmm. the uh, Soul Stone. So the explanation was weird. Was I, I, I like I like I like the book, and it you know it's it, there's some stuff that like okay I can see like you were having troubles, but you know, but you know I'm all for tr- I'm to... all for tricks of the mind, and you know just you know your own reality playing out in your head, but <laughs> that kind of got confusing. Yeah. Just... Yeah. I know, right. but one thing I did find funny is that um, a lot of people kind of get on the writer for writing that. Yeah. The funny thing is, at the same time that he was writing the Steve Rogers um, Captain America book, he was also writing the Sam Wilson Captain America book, which was his more political book. Oh, nice. Like, he literally had Sam Wilson Black as Black Captain America, America yeah. Or... Yeah, like he literally had a Black Lives Matter storyline. Oh, boy. Where, like this black superhero gets arrested for something he didn't do mm-hmm. and sam is like trying to vouch for him like no he's actually a good guy yeah they won't let him go because of an obvious reason yeah and he ends up getting killed in prison which causes a whole movement oh that, yeah and it's so did all, that all that all that came out years before uh what's happening now right i've got a good four or five years yeah, at least, but you know, it still addresses it, it. It basically follows that agenda of the whole like, okay, it was you know, acknowledging that you know, it's a yes, Captain America is Captain America, but you know, he's he's white, blonde hair, blue eyes. Well, you're missing the point. Yeah, the whole idea is that so, in the story of, of Secret Empire, um, what led up to Secret Empire is that the that um, the Hydra sort of altered Captain America's history so he would be Hydra. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Which is why I'm saying... They basically warped his mind. Made yeah. him believe that his mother was a Hydra agent and that, you know, his birth was all this plan through Hydra. It's basically this convoluted plot as Hydra usually So does. they basically pulled a they bucky were... on Captain America where they brainwashed him. Yeah, but it's so more like... Yeah, there's a lot more like superpower, cosmic power. You know, it's using the soul stones, just okay. manipulating his mind. It's just a little. It was the cosmic cube, but yeah. Ah, okay, uh, yeah. Still, but, it's but it's it's that idea. It's like I was saying, it's the idea where, hey, it's this... a message of America being corrupted. Uh... Yeah. So Captain America being corrupted, but the real America, the real American value, the real idea of you know everybody is included everybody needs to be fought for yeah. everybody is free is still somewhere in there we just need to get it out and fight it out mm. and get rid of whatever evil ideals may have corrupted the old america it's that kind of message mm-hmm. but the way that they play it out it's kind of hmm. meh. yeah that's and it's and coming from the sex like coming from the same writer who wrote this sort of black lives matter storyline yeah you can you you can kind of see where his position was and and that kind of yeah that, that was that that affected a lot of people it was like oh i don't want to read about this and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah it is a sensitive topic mm-hmm. and that's essentially what i'm trying oh, i'm trying to circle back into yeah that is essentially what you know it's like do, you comics can... do talk, talk about it mm-hmm. yeah and that? captain captain america is one of those state you warp something like that about him it's gonna you know it's gonna say something it's like warping superman what people don't really know about superman is that he was 
the original Superman character was written by two uh, writers who were the descendants of Jewish immigrants. And a lot of what Superman is, is based off of Jewish folklore, Jewish tradition, the idea that Superman is walking amongst... The, the idea that Superman looks like us, sounds like us, he's basically human in all respects, but in practice, inside, he's not like everybody else, which is what you would have had to contend with at that time as a Jewish immigrant or the children of Jewish immigrants was that you walked amongst everybody else. You looked like the white majority. Mm -hmm. You were basically like everybody else. Yeah. But the difference was at home inside, you were Jewish. Mm. You were Ashkenazi. You were, um, I forget what the other, uh, denomination or the other, um, yeah, what the other denomination is called. Uh, but the, basically that inside you were, basically Jewish. Mm. And a lot of what super, Superman is, is based off of Jewish folklore that Solomon, uh, the Golem of Prague, stuff like that, where he was like a defender of people. He was the defender of earth. He was defender of the good, which is basically a lot of what uh, Jewish folklore circled around. Sure, they were defenders of Jewish good, but in more inclusiveness, they were defenders of good in general, not mm -hmm. just Jewish people. So kind of corrupting Superman like that is kind of, you know, a smack in the face for that ideal because, you know, today Jewish people still do have kind of have to hide or kind of have problems in public. Mm -hmm. It's it's with... one of those things where I I understand your message. I feel like you could have done it better. I mean, personally, I enjoyed it when I was reading it. I still do. I love that message. I feel like I but I don't disagree with a lot of people's um problems with it and totally understand but i mean like captain america was always that kind of character with that had some sort of political leaning like i mean yeah his first i mean he's captain america they literally had a storyline where he they didn't show it was but it was essentially him reacting to the whole watergate scandal and finding out that the big villain of it was the president mm. like that was the story they don't show um nixon's face but it's like it's more like oh you're the president and you're doing all this shady stuff and persecuting mutants who are essentially the minority. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's so sensitive. It's sensitive topics. There's always in comics, like I said, independent comics tend to be more upfront about it. Yeah. While like Marvel, DC, superhero stuff, they tend to be like hide behind the bush and try to be more I mean, subtle. You kinda have to. Symbolism. Yeah. You kind of have to, it's like with video games, like you know, Last of Us 2 is like one of the first ones, one of the first video games besides um, a couple of indie games with an openly gay main character, an yeah. openly gay protagonist. Mm -hmm. That's not something that you're going to see represented a lot in comic books. And, you know, comic books kind of have to represent everyone in some way. Mm -hmm. They can represent each group individually, you know, Black Lives Matter, the LGBT community, uh, trans trans lives too recently with uh the um angel comic books uh you know representing them in those small parts but it's kind of hard to represent them as a whole without you know using some big metaphor or some big story plot or some you know representation like mutants or inhumans or something like that yeah you know? okay hmm Calvin, right. do you have any more questions? That was a great question. Yeah, that was that, that was a good discussion uh, that y'all two were able to share in that sense. Um, I also feel like I also feel like just a quick side note: mutants have been kicked down way too much lately. I feel like in today's culture, people would be really like 
people would be really excited if they found out that their friend had superpowers and was a mutant. Yeah, and they still and they're still treated like the minority. Yeah, it control it, though. relates all too well. That's the reason why Cyclops has to wear those glasses. Yeah, but still, people would find it cool, you know? People who could be, like, telekinetic or could, like, free stuff. Or in today's culture, in today's youth, in our group, mutants would be, like, something that you would consider cool. Yeah. <laughs> if you found out that yourself or that your friend was a mutant, you would think, like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Can you read my mind, Gus? Every day, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So, a couple more questions before we wrap up this episode. Uh, got some here. Oh, here's a good one. So, adapting. Yes, you your... that microphone. <laughs> what? As you were saying, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> I don't know. How does that relate to. Okay. Uh, moving on. I'll be fine. Thank you for asking. Uh, how so the kind of like not the major events, but I guess more of the big, well-known events that we've that we've all witnessed in both comic books and in series. Now taking those events itself and adapting it into such, so adapting a lot of major events that have taken point in comics and adapting them into uh, like TV series and movies. Specifically, for, you know, for DC, you got Flashpoint. Uh, Justice League, Batman versus Superman. For Marvel, you got Infinity War uh, and Civil War. So how, you know, what, how, like, how do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you take concepts like that and then now make it into like, okay, like this big blockbuster thing, you know? Like I said, you change a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured there's a lot of things that like. There's a lot of things in the comic book, the comics that they tend to leave out and they just have it in. It's not more the like series. they leave out. Mm-hmm. It's more like, hey, we're going to not do this. We're going to do this. Yeah. This this one thing seemed more important than it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what I said about uh, DC and Marvel in regards to magic, whereas DC more like embraces it and just takes it as like, you know, a part of the story. It's magic. It's mm-hmm. hard to understand. It has a lot of laws and. Marvel just kind of simplifies it down, whereas, you know, the Asgardians, they're not magical deities with magic plus science. They're just, you know, advanced deities using powers beyond our understanding. Uh, Doctor Strange is just using, you know, gifts that he's managed to understand through years of study, which is part of his character, but is not the entirety of his character in the comic book series. It's a little bit more complex. Scarlet Witch's powers are basically just, you know, a result of her being altered by one of the Infinity Stones. It's not actual magic, and whether or not we're actually going to go into the idea that it is actual magic has yet to be seen. You know, we still need to wait and see what uh, what they come up with in the future movies or uh, her own tv show coming up mm-hmm. i know that they're going to introduce her the idea of her and vision having a having uh, sons in uh a recent tv in the tv adaptation i forget what it's called wandavision uh, wandavision yeah I, I do find it funny how there's a scene that instantly reminds me oh yeah she's the old she's the younger sister of the old a lot of people tend to forget that like she is yeah, she is technically an Olsen. Yeah, Kevin, you forgot. I forgot. I, I, I forgot briefly at one point. I'm like, oh wait, she is. You know, she is technically an Olsen sibling. So yeah, she yeah. been done new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, considering how they adapt it, I know in Flash. Well, here's the thing: you got to adapt it to make more sense for a time frame. Kelly. Yeah, Flashpoint. Flashpoint is probably the the one one of those stories that I know they kind of change up a lot because they go more into deep 
detail into all this stuff. Like Gus said earlier, way earlier in the podcast, like Joker is Bruce Wayne's mom. Yep. Because of Batman becomes his Thomas like, Wayne. Barry's mom's yeah. and you probably don't not killed. The, she pulls a Heath Ledger and just slices her mouth to make it look like a smiley face mm-hmm. kind of thing. But you know, it's and it's and that story was essentially an excuse to like restart the whole DC universe leading in so they can introduce New Fifty Two. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And the whole like, conflict between the Amazons and the Atlanteans. And... Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there's that too. It's, yeah. I still and don't like, believe there's, it. There's would. a lot of things in there. I still don't believe it would happen, but you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know. Um, I know you said Justice League, but really, um, if they were to adapt Justice League like the way it was, it'd be Starro would be the big, the big baddie, yeah. Together, and it wouldn't have Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. So what? Yeah. So what about Batman versus Superman? I know that was a big thing. Uh, comic so, into like the actual film. Uh... Well, here's the thing about Batman vs Superman, Kelvin. You have to understand. Zack Snyder chose to adapt two books at the same time. That was The Dark Knight Returns and The Death of Superman. Mm-hmm. Mostly it was The Dark Knight Returns. But essentially, um, it wasn't that book wasn't really Batman versus Superman as much as people would think. Okay. It was essentially more of, yeah, Gotham went to shit, and I can't be Batman because the law tells me, you know what, fuck the law. Yeah. Fuck everything. I'm going to go bait Batman again and just recapture my youth kind of shit. Yeah. Let me fight against these these mutants and all this stuff. Oh, the government doesn't like the what I'm doing this? They're going to send Superman in here? Yeah. Man, I got a group that can help me beat his ass. That's just and that's really just it. Yeah. They're, they're, the conflict between Batman and Superman isn't as complex as a lot as the movie would tell you. Mm-hmm. It's more like look, Bruce, I got to do my job. I'm sorry. I got to I gotta fight you. Yeah. I was like, all right, Clark, but I'm gonna beat the shit out of you first. Even though in reality, Batman, Superman would lose, would win immediately against Batman. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Not as comp. People like to write Batman versus Superman, but and, but that's because they they think, oh, wouldn't it be cool if the one guy that doesn't have superpowers can beat the guy with all the powers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, reality, wouldn't it be cool if the, the one guy that everybody thought was, you know, the ultimate hero and the ultimate good guy went up against the ultimate um, vigilante justice hero? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason okay. why we're just kind of like, oh, Batman versus Superman. Aren't yeah. Right? So what about... That wasn't a big plot point in the book. Yeah. Well, so what the about... Guy with, mm-hmm. like, all the secrets going up against the guy who's enjoyed his time in the limelight more than once. Mm. So what about, uh, in that case, what about Civil War or maybe, hell, Infinity War? The movie's way better. Really? Hell yeah. Okay. How, what's, I want to hear your take on why you think the movie's better than the comic. Both Iron Man and Captain America are assholes that no one really wants to join with. with, with. Mm. And and you you feel like the comic... Do you have a good reason as to why? You should sign up for both, but the people that are in charge are like too much of, they're either big assholes or like, dude, you shouldn't even be talking about that. You're like. And then the end result, you realize that there was like this big manipulation plot with the establishment, with the shield being overridden by hammer and uh, a new Avengers team that was basically the dark Avengers taking over. You mean Hydra or hammer? Hammer. Oh, oh, actually by hammer industries. Okay. Hammer. 
Yeah. Oh, even though Hammer Industries was seen as like not really like you know what, Hammer was one of those. It's like Roxxon. You you know they do bad, but they're they they keep it under the rug. Yeah. Okay. It's, because or like, essentially, I mean, like the one big thing that always gets me is that like Captain America got like all the kid superheroes. And the moment like one superhero dies, um, can't remember his name, but he was uh, his real name. He was um, Goliath, who basically like a, one of those Ant Man. You know the you know um, Lawrence Fishburne's character in Ant Man Two. Which one? Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, the mm-hmm. other guy who was like, yeah, his character is the one that dies in the book. Uh... Gets like killed by a robot Thor, because mm. of course. And like the moment, like kid, the the kid super is like, Cap, we don't want to do this. We don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to see our friends. Die. Yeah. And Cap's like, Well, you're a traitor to the cause. Yeah. I don't need you in this cause. Yeah. Hey, Punisher, thanks for helping us out. No, actually, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Why aren't you fighting back? Well, well, Cap, I respect you. Yeah, I'm the Punisher, but I respect you as Captain America. Hmm. So yeah, that's one of the things. So, right? which is why you thought the uh, the movie iteration did a much better job than the comic book iteration. It's more of like, and here's the thing you have to understand, Kelvin. When it comes to the idea of civil war, there's supposed to be like what, what in the books? What is the reason for civil war? You got to think about that. Mm-hmm. Why are why is Captain America and Captain and Iron Man fighting? Okay. What what, what am I? Oh, about? okay. I mean, I. I haven't really read the comic. The comic so series. The, They're fi- it's the also, movie. It's this. Well. I'm- oh wait, was wasn't it the whole uh, registering as registering yourself as a hero? Yeah. Yeah. Superhero registration. Yeah, that's right. Essentially, Cap doesn't like the idea because he feels that you know they have the right to their secrecy. Mm-hmm. It's their, it's their you know job to be superheroes. It's their right to to the right of. Right, and then Iron Man argues Iron Man, like, like he's like, oh, okay, like, well, no, we we fucked up. Yeah, we need to take responsibility for that. Yeah, like all of us. Yeah, no, no, no. But you gotta let me finish. Mm-hmm. It all started because uh, the New Warriors, which is a bunch of teen superheroes who were doing a reality TV show, fought a dude who was too strong for them, mm-hmm. and and that dude ended up self-destructing, killing uh, a like a neighborhood block. But most notably, it was like a bunch of like kids in a schoolyard mm. that were like far enough away mm-hmm. and still got in the blast radius. Yeah. And then like someone comes up to blames Iron Man and then this whole thing causes about the registration act. Mm. You get Tony Stark's reasoning, you get um Captain America's reasoning. The thing is none of them prove anything that makes sense to, to why you should support them. Mm. In the movie, it makes sense. Okay. You get why Tony's the way he is, you get why Cap is the way he is. You get why they are they're still following him. It's granted it's very complex, but it makes sense in the grand scheme of things once you actually sit down and pay attention. Mm-hmm. Okay. The comic just ends up being like, let's fight and fight and fight. Yeah. Okay. In the end it just becomes more about them fighting each other and it's just, you know, kind of pointless. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So plus it's like that, right? Gotcha. Very nice. All right. Uh, and I think, oh yeah, one one last one last arc, uh, Infinity War, in the comics versus the the actual movie. You want to take this or should I? I think it took way too long for Thanos to die. Uh, 
What in the in the movies or in the comics? The comics movies. Mm. He's still alive in the comic. I thought he was dead. No. So <laughs> I know this because I have the Gus is like, there. what the hell? <laughs> so here's the thing. You know in the so Infinity War is an adaptation of the Infinity Gauntlet book, right. not the Infinity Gauntlet book. Infinity Wars book. Uh-huh. There's an actual event called Infinity War, but that has nothing to do with the movie. Okay. Just let him die. Good God. Thank bring me bring me your new villains. But essentially in the in the comic, Infinity Gauntlet, unlike in the movie, he already has all the stones. Like He's just trying to do this to impress Lady Death. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because he's in love with her. Yeah, uh-huh, right. And you know how the whole movie is essentially like them trying to prevent him from getting all the stones? Yeah. Preventing the big snap? Yeah. In reality, the snap is no big deal. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, oh, he snapped. It's more like, and people are like disappearing. They don't, they don't last long to disappear like they do in the movie. They just like pop away. Yeah. Poof, I'm not talking about like people. I'm talking about, hey, where the fuck did Japan go? Oh, damn. Japan, like, the, like, like the whole country of Japan has disappeared and there's nothing but a body of water. What, in the comics? Yeah. Oh, shit. What the hell? Yeah. Damn. Damn, Japan. Watch Japan. No. Why? Well, that's, that's, that's <laughs> to show you the, the idea. But yeah. essentially, like, that's the only, that's the reason for like, the, the the heroes to come together, uh-huh. which are le- which are being led by Adam Warlock, who foresaw the whole thing coming, mm-hmm. and essentially it becomes them trying to get the gauntlet away from Thanos. Mm. They end up they ended up being felt because it's because it's a it's one of those where Adam Warlock and the and um, Thanos are doing the everyone's playing checkers, but I'm playing 4D chess. Oh God! Yeah, and the person and like it basically basically ends up with like. Thanos being a good guy at the end, hmm. like literally, they saw they like literally they solved the whole problem, and like they're all like, "Good job, Adam Warlock!" And Adam Warlock disappears with Pip the Troll and Gamora, and they go to like this the farm like you see in the movie. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, where's Thanos? Oh, he's right here. He's just doing his stuff." <laughs> and Thanos like, "You know, I, actually, I'm kind of done trying to be like a god." I just want to be a farmer. I just want to be a farmer. Yeah. And that's and literally he's like, and literally he just sits there and at the end of the book he just sits there and contemplates. You know, I kind of pity Adam Warlock because he's got all the god power now because he has all the the stones in the gauntlet. Yeah. But he he'll because he'll never know, like, the feeling of having all that of like, the level of power that he can have. He's not going to use it. Didn't that particular know. scene happen in like Infinity War where like he just like Thanos eventually gets a little stone and he ends up on like some farm planet, whatever, where he becomes he just he just settles or it's just yeah, it's yeah, that, but that but was after like... his work was done. Yeah, after everything was everything was done, he did what he, he needed here, to do. Here he's more like, I'm just t- I just want to I'm I'm tired with all this world conquering, a please pleasing death. I just want to chill. I yeah. just want to sit down. I just want to farm. I want to take care of my cows. I have finished my work. I am done. Goodbye. Jesus. That's it. I'm not gonna and conquer the world. I'm not Thor gonna kill chops I'm his head off. And Aim for the head. And then ha! Thor aims for the see, head. See, but that never see that doesn't happen because they don't have that emotional attachment to, to Thanos. Yeah. Uh huh. 
because Thanos is more is his issue was is like the big the the real protagonist of the story is Adam Warlock and Thanos. They're just more of those two the guys together, mm. and that's it. Like this, when the heroes come in and fight Thanos, Thanos already has all the go- all the stones. He's just like slaps people away, and that's it. Mm. Yeah, he's not even using the full power. All right then. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you got there. Yeah, they 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 hyped up the the snap because they're like that would be a good way to show you. We're not telling you the power of all the stones together. You got to show it to you. I think the snap is the best way to show it. Mm-hmm. That's why we're now synonymous with the snap because it's 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 a thing. Mm-hmm. In the book it was like that's it. That's it. All right. Yeah. That was for you, Lady Death. Oh, I'm gonna fight. All the heroes, I beat them. Okay, I gotta fight all the cosmic beings, Galactus, Eternity itself, and all these god, upper lo- god level tier monster creatures. Infinity, right. entropy, death. The goddess of love, the goddess of hate, the god of hate. Well then, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's more crazier than the movie. <laughs> Yikes, Jesus. Yeah, but essentially, it's just it, the story kind of boils down to like. Thanos ha- having the ability to do basically godlike stuff and just realizing it's not working. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's literally how it is. Yeah. It's not this big climactic battle like you see in Infinity War. Yeah, in the actual movie. Right. So it's a lot more complex. For the movie than it does for the mm-hmm. book, where the book is more like, hey, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do this for the woman I love. Okay, she don't like me like that. I got to give up and I'm just gonna go Yeah. do my own shit now. All right. Not even a woman. <laughs> she they keep making they keep changing her face. They keep making her like have that skeleton face, and they keep making her have that human face. I'm like, just choose one, God. Yeah. yeah. At one point, she has a skeleton face and breasts. It's like you can't have breasts and be a skeleton at the same time. <laughs> breasts is tissue. Skeleton is bone. bone. Is bone. It's a bone. Brenda. <laughs> hey, I guess can you throw me a bone over here? Boy, I wish. <laughs> All right, wrapping up this episode with one last question. Yeah, because because uh, uh, we, we we definitely we definitely went into a good good talk with that one. But wrap, wrapping this whole episode up with one last question, and also because I am very hungry and I want to eat now. Uh, <laughs> low key. Um, will comics be around in the future? 10, 5, 10, 20 years from now, will they still be around? For future generations, you know, yes, yeah, totally. come up tomorrow. Yeah, the comics of tomorrow will will it will it still be around? Will it still be so around for the future? Be up tomorrow. What's up? Will the sun be up tomorrow? Yes, unless there's your we... answer. There's your answer. Oh, okay, it's okay, comics. Like, he, it's an art form. Yeah, it's a staple. It's everything. Forever. It might Basically. die down at one point, but then it will come back up. It's an art style. It's an art form. It's an entertainment media. It's like. Watching, it's like watching live TV today. So, so nobody so, really does it. Everybody's so similar, just sticking to Netflix and Hulu. <laughs> okay. So similar, yeah. So it's similar. Like com- watching. Yeah. Go no. Go ahead, guys. It's like it's like watching live TV. Okay, everybody's sticking to Netflix and Hulu. All right. It dies down. It dips down. It might have a peak again, but you know that's the same thing with comic books. It had its peak. It died down a little bit, and then it's on the rise. And then in some cases, it's like fluctuating, right? So now. similar, so similar to how like newspapers, like you know, newspaper back then, yeah, 
the pay, the actual physical copy of the news used to be a thing, but now it's like, okay, how do we get news? Go online now. Oh, nobody actually nobody actually reads the newspaper anymore. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. It's like people I just don't read but it or not. We still get the news, and like eventually at some point, everything's gonna go. Di- if 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 there's no more comics, it's probably all gonna go digital. Yeah. Okay. Everything has a peak and a downfall. Everything has its high point and its low point. Mm. And sometimes it has multiple high points and multiple low points. It's okay. it comics I mean, is an art form. It's an entertainment media. It's something that could last and exist for a very long time. Kind of like the whole, you know, VR headset things. You know, yeah. that could be the future of video games or it could be a trend that just dies down. Like uh the Wii Fit, where it was, you know, a big deal, the fact that you oh, know, your emotions could control the character or anything like that. It's it's a Most it's control. a trend. It could go somewhere or it could die. But the fact of the matter is, with comic books, it's a trend that's, you know, just going to keep having its highs and lows. I mean, I mean, look at it right now. 10, 20 years ago from now, uh, 10, 10, 20 years ago, would you say comic books would get popular ever again? Probably not nowadays because of let's say the tv shows and movies people become more interested in it now i mean i've had this conversation with my mother she said if you would have told me like all those years ago when i was 14 and i had just finished seeing the star wars movie for the sixth time that one of these days i would be buying star wars mugs for my kids i would have thought that was so fucking cool yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) Mm. so you know it's one of those things in the future you know you know you just never know if you might tell me that one day in the future, you know, my kids are going to be reading comic books, you know, in a new medium or a new uh, digital platform, and they're going to like them as much as I do. Man, book, sure thing, sweetie. They're going to be all like, you know, Dad, Dad, were you there when Spider-Man was still cool? And I'm going to be all like, Honey, I was there for his rise and I was there for his fall. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, whenever you talk about the fall, you just have like that uh, PTSD Vietnam flashback. Oh God! He's just like he's just like look off in the distance, honey. I was there when he hit his high point, and I was there when he hit his low point. Daddy, why are you looking? Why are you looking away? Why are you looking away from me? Why are you looking at the sky? Go to your room, honey. I'm getting pissed off. <laughs> Jeez. No. Yikes! You go down to the basement. It's your memor- your Spider-Man memorabilia, and you're like, "It's the Spider-Man shrine right before like whatever fall happened." That yeah. is, if Spider-Man does fall, I doubt he will. Mm. No, he'll live. He'll live on. He'll live. he'll live on in the hearts and minds of the children that loved him. <laughs> if Parker falls, Miles will get a back up, and then someone else will come in the way. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, but like, like we say, like it's, it's gonna be around. Mm-hmm. It's it's storytelling. We, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. It's like printed like, books. I mean, we've been reading articles and you know online you know stories for like years now, but printing presses aren't going anywhere. True. People are still reading physical copies of books. People are still writing books. Books exist on oh, both physical copies and digital copies. Digital. I like to hold the disc in my hand, guys. I like to hold the discs in my hand and insert it into the console or PC. That's me. That's me. That's true. Mm-hmm. I like the smell yeah. of paper. Yep. When you when you open up a new a new book, you're like, 
<laughs> uh, so that's all your questions, Kelvin? Yeah, that's uh, pretty much all. <laughs> while, while I hear Gus's discontent of him exhaling, uh, yeah, that's all. The, that's all. That's all the questions I have for you guys. <laughs> and that wraps up this episode of the Geeks and Shreds. <laughs> this has been your co-host Kelvin with Eli on the podcast. Yeah, tell them where they can find us. But before we officially go. God damn it. I hate both of you so much. <laughs> Before we go... Hey, me at the street corner. Right I might just keep the joke, but I'll edit everything else out. God damn it. Okay. Before... Like an in-joke between all three Jesus of Christ. Um, before we head out, you guys know where to find us. Where Anywhere would podcasts can be heard. Uh, Spotify, Google Play Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify um itunes or apple podcast and if you're on itunes slash apple podcast slap us with the five stars we greatly appreciate the support and for our visual watch so, we're on youtube i don't we're on the youtube like so, and comment i apologize for nothing <laughs> like and comment on our videos tell us what y'all think about you know maybe some questions of y'all owns that uh, you guys may have about comics you know, just like me, I'm very new into the comic book scene. Um, you know, if you have any com- uh, questions or questions or comments, leave them down there. And as always, um, you know, slap that like button, hit that no- hit that bell notification uh, to get uh, notified on all of our videos that drop. And of course, our Patreon is still up and running. I know the well is looking a little dry, but it's still up and running. I guarantee you, and we greatly appreciate any support. Even if it's just a dollar, you know, we agree, appreciate any support that comes our way to support the case insurance. Yeah, and like I said... I've, oh, I've, and our social media, too. Like we can continue, huh? Oh, and I was going to say our social media, too. So, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You guys can follow us there for daily updates on, like, all of our posts and everything. We'll try to make it more daily. I know me and Kelvin have been trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but by the time you probably watched this, you were we're already doing them dailies. Yes. But anyways, um, I was gonna say earlier, I feel like I feel like we can always come back to do this more. I know Kelvin, you have a lot of questions. I know you asked me once about something, and I'm like, ah, I don't know, maybe I gotta look it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe you have questions about. You have questions. We have answers. You a, uh, Betty or Veronica kind of guy. Yeah. You know? We have you have questions. We have answers. They're not all right, but we'll pretend that they are. Mm. Yeah. Remember, yeah, well, well. if I said it, it's true or something. Someone, well, Abraham Lincoln said that. I'm pretty sure. If I said it, it's probably true or something. Mm-hmm. So, guys, it's been fun. Um, this is the time where we all say our goodbyes. Gus, start us off with your lovely goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. This is Gus Ciotti. Yo, this is your boy Kelvin signing off. There's been your boy Eli, and this has been another fun episode with the Geek Experience. And we are officially signing off with this episode. Peace. Bye bye.